Batman Forever. Night of the Reaper. It had been a year since Dick joined me as Robin. We had fought crime together in Gotham for months before he started attending college in Vermont. That Halloween I came to visit. But it wasn't just for a social call. I had been tracking Colonel Schloss, a Nazi, better known as the Butcher. It was a nickname he earned from torturing and killing innocent people during the war. My source was a concentration camp survivor, Dr. Gruner, who had been a victim of the butcher's cruelty. He informed me that he heard the colonel was in hiding in Vermont and would be at a local Halloween party disguised in a costume. To track down Schloss, I'd need to figure out whose party he was attending. So I donned a costume of my own. That same night, Dick and his college friends were checking out the annual Rutland Halloween Parade. The theme that year was superheroes. Naturally, there were people dressed as Batman and Robin. But someone had been taking the costumes too seriously. Dick saw a gang of criminals beating up another college kid in a Robin suit. True to his night job, Dick intervened and fought them. But when his friend, Alan, stumbled into him, the criminals took advantage of the opportunity. Dick was too dazed to go after the gang as they ran off. Recovering from the hit, Dick asked the boy in the Robin suit why they attacked him. The boy wasn't sure but believed the gang was under the impression that he was the real Robin. As Dick's friends looked around, they realized that their colleague, Alan, had wandered off. Dick went to search for him and changed into his Robin suit in case he ran into more trouble. As he explored the woods that evening, he came across a shocking sight. It was Batman, dead, with a metal stake in his chest pinning him to a birch tree. Thinking it was me at first, Dick got closer and, to his relief, saw that it wasn't. The face under the mask was unknown to him. The costume itself was cheap and shoddy. Dick wondered if he had come from the same Halloween party that I was in town to investigate. He tried to look at the ground for more clues, but as he searched, a shadow fell over him 
Robin looked up and saw a horrific figure in a black hood and cloak. The face of a skull peered at him under the hood and in his hands. He held a scythe. The man had donned the very image of the Grim Reaper himself. The Reaper swung at Robin, who dodged the blade. But Dick had been used to fighting in the Gotham streets. He had never fought in a forest. His boot got caught on stone, causing him to fall over the edge. He tumbled down a cluster of rocks toward a stream below, going unconscious. Luckily for Dick, I had been in the area when I found him. I pulled him out of the lake and alerted my source, Dr. Gruener, who met us by the stream. He explained how the attack on the boy in the Robin costume may have been connected to Colonel Schloss. For years, Schloss's men had been tracking him after he had stolen gold from the Nazi party. These men were now coming to reclaim the gold, but knew of Batman and Robin's reputation. The doctor reasoned that they would try to get us out of the way first, which meant that the thugs Dick fought off were the same men hunting after the colonel. They likely were the ones who killed the man in the bat suit. As we listened, Robin presumed that Colonel Schloss knew that his men had found him and had become the butcher again, donning the guise of the Reaper. Naturally, he wanted to help me continue the investigation, but I ordered him to recover as I moved towards the mansion nearby that was hosting the Halloween party. This seemed to be the place where I could find Schloss. I spied through the windows and stared at the scores of men wearing their own homemade bat suits, wondering if this is what Batman had become. Once, I had been a symbol of fear. Now I was a cheap Halloween costume. One that evil had just preyed on. Had Batman lost his meaning? As I thought this through, I heard someone cry out. I took off and found that it was Dick's friend, Alan. He had stumbled upon another corpse. This one wasn't in a bat suit, just ordinary clothes. But the man had been stabbed in the heart with a long, wide blade. The Reaper's handiwork again. I told Alan to hide. If news of the murder got out, it would end the masquerade party, along with any chance of nabbing Colonel Sloss. I could never accept a monster like him going free. Not without paying for his crimes. Looking back at the mansion, I noticed a light blinking. Some blinks were short, others long. Someone at the party was using Morse code. I headed to the mansion and snuck inside, spotting a man guarding a door. It didn't take long for me to bring him down. I knew his cohort would be inside, sending out the message. As I went in, 
The man turned and spotted me, drawing his gun. He never got a shot off. I brought him to the edge of the roof. I had only deciphered part of the message on the way over, recognizing one word. Revenge. It was something that Dick and I both knew too well. The Nazi, terrified of falling, told me the full message. Our revenge is complete. The bomb is in the car. Realizing what was happening, I threw him back inside as I heard a scream. It was Colonel Schloss. I headed towards the cars parked outside of the mansion, in time to see Schloss start to drive in the distance. But I was too late. Schloss had finally paid for his crimes. But not the way I wanted. As I looked over the fiery remains, Robin joined me, telling me it wasn't my fault. Maybe he was right, but three men were dead. And one was an innocent, whose only fault was dressing like me. Robin tried to reassure me that this was over. The butcher was dead. His Nazi friends had just gotten him. All we could do was bring the men I caught to the local police. But something didn't sit right with me. If the Nazis had killed the imposter Batman, why would they have left him pinned to a tree? Why not cover their tracks? Then, there was the matter of the scream I heard before the car exploded. Why would Schloss scream before knowing that his car would explode? As I thought it through, I sifted through the remnants of the car. Inside, I found a brass earring, a fake, one that seemed to belong to a Halloween costume. That's when I knew the Reaper was still out there. Robin wanted to help, but I told him to question the partygoers on what costume they saw Colonel Schloss wearing. I then searched the outskirts of the mansion, but found nothing. When I met with Robin again, Dick confirmed what I had suspected. Colonel Schloss had worn a costume at the party, but not a Grim Reaper, a pirate costume. There was never a task I hated more, because now I knew who really was behind the mask of the Reaper. I deduced that he must have gone across the field toward the stream, the site of his first killing, where he killed the man dressed as Batman. It was nearly dawn as I stalked my quarry, finding him by the water. I called out to him. You can't escape from me or yourself, Doctor. The Reaper removed his skull mask, showing the face of Dr. Gruiner. It should have been obvious from the start. The Nazis chasing Schloss couldn't have known that Batman would be in the state unless Gruner had told them. This had all been an elaborate vendetta. He had lured the Nazis to find Schloss at the party while making Robin and I believe that Schloss had been the one committing the murders in the Reaper costume. 
Once he saw they had planted the bomb in Sloss's car, he killed one of them and headed towards the party. The scream I heard was the Reaper chasing Schloss, terrifying him and luring him to his death as the man fled to his car to try to escape. Nothing would be connected to Gruner. It was only when I discovered the fake earring in the car that it came together. If Sloss had been the Reaper, there would have been no need for him to wear a pirate costume. The Reaper had to have been someone else. The only thing I didn't know was why he had murdered the man dressed in my costume. Gruner revealed that the victim had been Schloss's personal chauffeur, killed to ensure that Schloss would be the one to start his car as it exploded. The Reaper had dressed the chauffeur's body in a batsuit to lure Robin and me to the party. He needed us close to catch the Nazis after they assassinated the Colonel so we wouldn't notice his escape. I could understand Gruner's desire to avenge himself, but the chauffeur was an innocent, unaware of Sloss's history. Gruner scoffed, though, claiming that no man who worked for Schloss was innocent. He shared to me about his mother, his father, and his sisters in the concentration camps, all murdered by the butcher known as Schloss. Who are you to judge me? He demanded. You, who have not witnessed the horror of those days. I replied, True, I have no right to judge, but neither do you. He didn't listen. The Reaper shared about the nightmares from his memories that had haunted him all these years. I knew exactly how he felt. Nightmares had haunted me all my life. We stood facing each other, two costumed figures who had lost the ones we loved when we were children. He was only different from Robin and me in one thing. He was willing to take a life. The Reaper swung his scythe, but I dodged it. I didn't want to hurt him. I just needed to bring him in. He took off running, moving fast for a man his age. Something in me wanted to let him go. I saw some of myself in him, like I had done with Dick a year ago. But I knew his way was wrong. I chased the Reaper up to the edge of a dam. At the top was Dick's friend, Alan, who had been trying to share what he had seen that night to other bystanders. Over his shoulder, they saw the Reaper running towards them and took off. Alan saw the Reaper, who yelled at him to get out of the way. But Alan fell back. The handle of the Reaper's scythe caught onto his necklace. They struggled. I ran towards them to save the boy. But something unexpected happened. As the Reaper raised his scythe to cut Alan down, he noticed the necklace that his weapon had caught. At the end of it was the Star of David. The boy was just like him. As I got closer, I could read the doctor's face. The horror of realizing what he had become. He recoiled, moving back towards the edge of the dam. 
I called out to him. Doctor, don't step back. But I was too late. The Reaper lost his footing, falling over the side. He reached the ground in seconds. Too fast for me to shoot the grapnel to save him. The night of the Reaper was over. The Doctor had been a reflection. A phantom. Not of who I was, but who Robin and I could have been if we had gone down another path. If we had let our pain define us. Perhaps Batman wasn't just an empty Halloween costume after all. Nor was he just a symbol of fear, like I had intended. Perhaps he was a symbol. We didn't have to become the darkness that created us. There was always another way. A way that Robin and I would continue to walk. Forever. Batman Forever, Night of the Reaper Written by Ben Wan Based on Batman number 237 Written by Dennis O'Neill From an idea by Bernie Wrightson and Harlan Ellison With art by Neil Adams and Dick Giordano Produced by Nuverse Creative. Mixed and edited by Tim Maxwell. <laughs>